Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 75. I'm Kip Clark, and today we have a roommate and longtime friend of the show and myself, Kasai Alsatari. Thank you so much, Kip, for having me in your radio show. Of course, happy to have you. So you wanted to talk about what it means to have a chosen family and what the significance of a chosen family is. And the first thing I'd like to start with is how you would define a chosen family. So for me, I think that chosen family is people that usually friends and people that we get to encounter in our lives and we make kind of a conscious decision to include them as part of our inner circle and close circle. And after having a intimate and close kind of relationship with them, they become part of your close family. One interesting dynamic that I think you and I bring to the table is that I am not particularly close to my biological family, which I won't get into in this podcast because I don't think it's my business or place to share. But I will say I think it's more a result of my personal perspectives on things, which aren't always correct and definitely aren't objective. But for me, my chosen family has been very important because I've very much isolated myself from my biological family. But in my perspective of you, you're very close to your actual biological family, as well as those who aren't directly related to you. And so that's where I'd like to start and ask you if you think they hold similar roles in your life or if you seek out your actual family and chosen family for different reasons. So I see both my biological family and chosen family as very interconnected and that both are part of the circle of my life and the circle of people who I am surrounded with and that I spend a lot of time with. I think with biological family, we don't choose them, obviously, and we're born into those families, but we have the decision and the possibility either to be closer to them or to distance ourselves from them. And with chosen family, the same, where we meet on our day-to-day life a lot of people and then we start making conscious decision of either becoming closer to them or distancing ourselves from them. So for me, when I think about chosen family and biological family, I see them both as interconnected since in both I make a conscious decision and an active decision of making them closer to me. And I also start developing a feeling of responsibility towards both of them. So, Kasai, one thing I really admire and appreciate about you is that aspect of responsibility that you just brought up because you do take a lot of responsibility and you devote yourself to your chosen family. And from the outside, people might see you as a very good close friend. But as we've talked about quite a bit now, chosen families are very important because they develop a very strong bond. And I want to know to what extent you feel other people, maybe in American culture or in the friends that you have, reciprocate your responsibility and devotion to your chosen family. So I start with the micro and then go further into the macro level. With the friends I have around me, I think they share the same understanding of the importance of having a chosen family. And since chosen family means that the relationship should be reciprocal and that it's give and take. The members who are of my chosen family, I'm also a member of their own chosen family. And so we both share the same kind of values and commitment to that bond and that relationship. On the macro level, I've spent the past four years living in the U.S. And obviously I can't generalize, but again, from my experiences, I think that a lot of Americans do develop chosen families and do kind of go out of a way to shape and to get chosen families. And this has a lot to do with Americans usually move a lot and travel a lot. So 
you're constantly kind of being forced in a sense, but also you'd constantly have to make the decision, a conscious decision most times, to meet people and to introduce them to your circle. And I think that in the U.S., a lot of Americans, or at least Americans I've got to meet, are very invested in the concept of chosen family since most Americans do not spend a lot of time in the same place they were born. So they change the geographic kind of places a lot. So I would like to ask you the same question. Do you think that people who are part of your inner circle or people around you do share the same devotion to the concept of chosen family? I think it's a good question to throw back at me. I don't have as tight-knit a chosen family or, in general, a group of friends as other people might have. And so, for me, my chosen family could be compared to a circle of close cousins. And so, not all those members of my chosen family are close with one another, which is something that I often find fascinating because I value a lot of them for the same reasons, for their compassion and wisdom and sincerity or authenticity. And so, my chosen family doesn't always reciprocate certain things because I'm not consistently in their lives in the way that I think friend groups or chosen families often operate. To me, chosen family isn't always reciprocal, and I have come to recognize that as a fact and also as a consequence of not having a chosen family with whom I spend a lot of time. I like to jump around, I guess you could say, with various people that are, in my opinion, members of my chosen family but are a bit scattered. So on that, I would like to follow up with another question, which is, do you think that you need to be living around your chosen family in order to keep connected to them? I would differentiate between friends and chosen family here and say, friends to me are often very circumstantial. Maybe we're friends with people in college because we had classes and because at that time in our lives we were developing similarly or shared common interests. But with a chosen family, I almost find that geographic location has no impact. And if you are truly close with that chosen family in the way that some people are close with their biological families, phone calls and letters and even meetings interspersed through years or possibly decades show that the bond remains. And that's something that I think separates chosen family from friends in that the verb of choosing is really important and both of you hopefully make a mutual decision to pursue that relationship. And I would say with you and I, we chose to be roommates, for example, in your final semester of college. And I remember the conversations we had leading up to it and it made a lot of sense because it did feel mutual and reciprocal and we've learned a lot about one another. So I'd actually like to follow up with a question to you about living with chosen family, not necessarily as roommates, but do you think that deepens the bond or how does that change the bond of a chosen family for you? I think that living with chosen family definitely deepens the bond, but it also takes the whole relationship to a whole different level in a sense that, so with your biological family, and this is where I'll go back to what we started at the beginning, that I see both chosen family and biological family as very interconnected. At the end of the day, we're inviting them to become part of our family, not biological or chosen. So when you have a friend who's part of your chosen family and you end up living with them, that for me blurs the line between between biological and chosen family. And back to answer your question, I think that it does definitely deepen the bond and it makes them more ingrained within your day-to-day life and within your routine. But it also sometimes runs into the danger of weakening the bond or exposing you to a different aspect of someone's character that you are not aware of. Which I find interesting because I know that for some people who drift apart from biological family, it is because of 
repetitive frustration or personal characteristics that have been revealed over the years that are irreconcilable or that family members will not put forth the effort or energy to reconcile. And so I think it is interesting that sometimes with chosen families, those bonds seem so happy-go-lucky and carefree because unless we do live together or expose one another to maybe darker or more frustrating aspects of our personalities, those bonds can be incredibly happy and positive because we haven't gotten the whole picture. Do you think it's necessary in that case to live with a member of your chosen family in order to develop that relationship further? Yes, and in a sense that you could still develop that full relationship and have a full-rounded understanding of the person without living with them. But I think living with them has the potential to strengthen your relationship with them. Once you start seeing different aspects of their character that might annoy you or that you might dislike, but still, since you chose them to join your chosen family, you'll have to embrace that. And that once we make a commitment to a chosen family and to certain friends, then it's the whole package. We can't with family and even with friends, but especially with chosen family, we cannot pick and choose in a sense that we will have to embrace them with their good qualities, but also bad qualities. As a human beings, we all have our own strengths and weaknesses. We all have our good times and bad times. And if we just want to spend time with people because of their good qualities, you're getting half of the package or you're not then fully committing to that relationship. I agree completely. And one aspect about choice that we haven't yet touched on, which is one of my favorite parts of a chosen family, is that here at college and even to a degree in high school, I was exposed for the first time to new cultures and people that I hadn't encountered and ways of life and philosophies that I hadn't previously encountered because I come from a white privileged family. I didn't have a sister, for example, so I wasn't always in close platonic relationships with girls my own age. And that's something about my chosen family that I've really valued, as well as cultural differences from people like yourself. I had never known anyone from Palestine, and I've been fortunate enough to live with a Palestinian and also to call you a friend and welcome you into my chosen family, which for me has been deeply meaningful because I'm ignorant about so many aspects of our world, including your culture and your experiences, not simply as a result of your nationality, but everything you've been through. And so I want to ask you about cultural diversity within a chosen family and what you think that adds to those relationships. I think cultural diversity within chosen families is very important. It adds to the complexity of our understanding of the meaning of a family, first. And second, it exposes us to different perspectives that we were not exposed to from before. So for instance, before coming to the U.S., I was always committed to my biological family because I love them and care about them, but because the society as a whole reinforces this commitment that you as an individual in a family, in your biological family, you have a lot of obligations and responsibilities towards that family. So for me, I always loved my family and I always was committed to them. But I think that also the way that my society is structured, that we put such a huge emphasis on biological families and family bonding. And so I never questioned that. But then coming to the U.S. and seeing how there is a huge emphasis on individualism, right, within families and that even within the household when the kids are 18, 
the expectation is that you go either to college or you just get your own apartment and you start your own life or you start building your own family. So coming to the U.S. and rooming with you and inviting people into my chosen family, it at first complicated my understanding of what a family is. It made me reevaluate my own commitment to my family and why am I committed to my family? Is it because I love them or is it because it's a societal pressure or societal expectation? And so this is such a long answer to your question. I think that, yes, cultural diversity is really important to the concept of chosen family because with a chosen family, we're choosing people. And I think that it is important to choose people from different backgrounds and perspectives into our family because that affects our understanding of the world and interactions with people around us. I'm wondering, what do you think are the challenges associated with having a chosen family? Well, the first thing I would point to is that coming from different cultures and different backgrounds, people don't always have the same priorities. For me, it's important to get meals with a chosen family because you may not have many other times to catch up. People have different schedules, and so we're all doing different things, and in some cases, have very different interests and extracurricular activities or pursuits, but I would hope value one another for who we are as people, and I think finding the time to sit down and talk and have meaningful conversations, much like the one you and I are currently having are important. And it's a challenge sometimes because other people don't feel the same. And members of my chosen family might feel that it's okay to see each other in passing and that's sufficient for them or have multiple shorter conversations instead of fewer, more meaningful conversations that could last hours. And so negotiating those differences can be challenging sometimes. And also expanding or shaping a chosen family when new members arrive or when some people decide your values are too disparate to reconcile and they'd like to leave the chosen family, negotiating those differences and figuring out if the chosen family holds together because of a value set or principle set or because of the individuals that are a part of it, and also navigating numerous groups and still having in your head one chosen family can be very complex and difficult because the more variables, i.e. people, that you add to a chosen family, it is necessarily going to become more complex and sometimes that can be difficult to juggle and just in general making time for chosen families. So to follow up on that, do you think it is important that we bring different members of our chosen family together and that we introduce them to each other? And if so, what do you think is the best way to go after it? I definitely do think it's important to bring different members of a chosen family together in the same way that one challenge for me and my biological family is differences of opinion that I think should at some point be negotiated in a mature and productive manner. I think a chosen family can be very positive in bringing together people who might not otherwise interact or converse, and you can do so as a mediator of sorts, although I don't mean to presume that it's going to be an argument, but hopefully an exchange of ideas and experiences, and I think it's invaluable in the same way that college has shown me many different perspectives, and there are many more to be learned and shared in my life, I'm sure. I think chosen families also present that opportunity and hopefully with a layer of comfort. I would hope that a chosen family presents a safe zone in which people who might not know each other know that they share mutual friends in that chosen family, mutual family members, and therefore I would hope trust one another that whatever differences there may be and whatever complications or conflicts may arise, they will be smoothed out and settled because of the bond held by the chosen family. 
Yeah, Kip, I really like that. And I would like to look deeper at the trust point because I think that a trust should be one of the core principles of a chosen family in a sense that if you trust each other and that even if, if I trust you as a member of my chosen family, then I will trust that if you do anything, if you introduce me to any person, it's coming from a place of love, coming from a place of devotion, of a place of care and not a place of harm. And so if I end up meeting one of your chosen family members and we have this agreement at the end of the day and at the end of that agreement, if I trust you as a member of my chosen family, then I will trust that your intention behind introducing me to that person comes from your deep care and commitment to our relationship. And I would also would like to go back to your point about the importance of spending time with your chosen family. So on that, if you cannot spend time with your chosen family, how should you go after it? I hadn't really thought of that before, so I think that presents a good mental exercise. And with all the tools at our disposal, I think there are so many options to communicate, as you said earlier, love and devotion to a chosen family or a chosen family member when you may not always have the time to spend time with one another. For example, sending a thoughtful and maybe longer email or a text message or, as I personally love, voicemails and letting people know that you're thinking about them because we do have busy schedules and where a biological family might operate on relatively similar schedules, chosen families can have completely erratic schedules that never line up or almost never seem to. And so sending reminders that you care about them and in passing, even if briefly, asking genuine questions. One person I was speaking with the other day, Kasai, pointed out how you always show genuine interest in people. And I think that's why your chosen family is both large and very tight-knit and well-formulated because you show that you care. And I think that's really key because with anyone in our lives, chosen family or otherwise, we may not always cross paths. But in those brief interactions we may have, we have a lot of agency in how we choose to go about them, in tone, in body language, in the words that we say. And a lot can be communicated to express that affection and that trust that you feel for chosen family. On that note, I would like to end with saying that for me, chosen family is a reciprocal and a holistic relationship in which both members or, or members of that family make a conscious decision to commit, to devote, to spend time, and to be there for each other. I completely agree. And of course, when this episode is published, I will still be finishing my final semester at college and you won't be here, but I am glad that we chose to talk about this topic because even in our distance, you will remain a member of my chosen family and, of course, one I'm very proud to have. And I'd like to ask as a final question what you want our audience to think about in listening to this episode and after they finish listening, what aspects of a chosen family are important to consider or what lessons can be learned. So yeah, I would advise our audience and, and the listeners after this episode to take a step back and, and to think about what do they mean when they say we have a chosen family. And even if they don't have a chosen family, they might have a chosen family without labeling it as a chosen family. So I would like for our audience to think about the meaning of a chosen family and how much are they putting time and effort and commitment into their chosen families. I agree. I would like our audience to think about the negatives in chosen families and how we negotiate hard times or difficult encounters with members of our chosen family. And do we choose to let people go after fights? And in that case, are they really members of our chosen family? And also, I want the audience to think about how learning from your chosen family can inform and in some ways advance or advise how you interact with your biological family and how the two are not necessarily as disconnected as we might feel. 
And I actually want to emphasize on what you just said because I think that after having a chosen family, our bonds and relationship with our biological family might change and might be reshaped. And that I discovered that once I started having more members in my chosen family, my own relationship with my biological family became stronger, my whole family became bigger, and that the circle started expanding. I really like that. And as both a member of your chosen family and as a host of this show, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. I really enjoyed having you and having this conversation. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me that I'm here in your show and I know how much the show means a lot to you and all the dedication and time and commitment you have to this show. And especially since this is my last semester of college and I am departing from Kenyan College, a place that I spent meaningful experiences in and the past four years at Kenyan has been very meaningful. So now for me, I think the challenge is how I'm going to take my, my chosen family with me into this transition and new chapter of my life and realizing and reminding myself that although that most of my chosen family is at Kenyan, finishing graduating from Kenyan doesn't mean that it ends at Kenyan, that I take this chosen family with me into my next chapter and that hopefully I'll have other friends that I will get to meet in my next chapter and they will join my chosen family. I like that a lot. And of course, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have thoughts that you would like to share, please do. You can contact us via Twitter or Facebook. Our email is strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing and reviewing it and recommending it to a friend, which helps our audience expand and hopefully the conversation as well. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.